Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and more so we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Hey guys, today is a big day for the Sipping Social Podcast as we welcome on our very first guest. We're super excited and honored to have on one of the owners of the Bourbon Belly Hospitality Group, Mr. Nick Roberge. He and his partner Jack Waters are the owners of Barrel and Rye in Geneva, Burger Local in Geneva, Maze and Mash in Glen Ellen, and the Burger Social in Wheaton. Gentlemen, how are we feeling today and what are we currently sipping on? Garrett, what you got? I got the, uh, throw it back to you, I got the Dale Nicholson Reserve uh, Weeded Bourbon. It's delish. Nice, nice. Johnny, what do you got? You know, I went just with a basic Captain and Coke today. Nothing special over here. <laughs> I'm impressed that you remembered what you poured. <laughs> One for well, I should. It's sitting right in front of me. <laughs> One for six. That's beautiful. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Dudes, I have a Jefferson's Reserve out of uh, Kentucky. I've had it many times over. It's a, a trusty staple. Awesome, man. Love to hear that. I am sipping on the Bennett Mill out of Geneva, Fox River. Distillery. Distillery. Yep. Let's have a little cheers and then a, a good little podcast here, boys. Cheers. cheers. Johnny. Salud. All right. Um, Nixon here with us, being one of the principal owners of the Bourbon Valley Hospitality Group. He is the current owner of four restaurants that are, in my opinion, pretty successful and fantastic. I've known him a long time. Uh, we've had many a Bud Light back in the day when we were young bucks, mid-20s, having a good time and uh, rolling around in downtown Wheaton. I converted to Coors Light, but oh, yeah. I, picked yes. wrong, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> for, for my binge drinking. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. I like that. I think I still have uh, my wrist just healed from slamming the golden tea ball so many times oh, yeah we played a lot of golden tea back yeah. in the day how, much, how much money do you guys think you spent at the Muldoon's golden tea machine um maybe the lives don't want to hear this one 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 hundredth of what i spent in the geneva <laughs> front street cantina <laughs> golden tea machine that's a great response i think if you ask me if i how much money i spent in the touch tunes there oh I bought that's this, in yeah. the, that's in the thousands oh. Awesome. We're going to also talk about some spring beer styles that are going to be coming out soon. What style fits you for drinking? You know, everybody's different, but we're going to go over one that's pretty solid today. We'll get into that a little bit. We got the Kentucky Derby coming up on our radar May 4th. Uh, We'll be talking about horse racing and bourbon the next time you hear from us. Definitely get your bets ready. We know we'll have ours ready. We'll come up with some long shots and maybe some uh, fun like trifectas and superfectas that you should not bet because we'll be betting those and those won't win yeah you don't want to actually follow yeah, us yeah just listen to us lose money that's that's all you need to do but we're uh we're actually gonna we know somebody who is actually going there so hopefully we can get that person on and they can talk about their experience there and maybe bring us some good booze back from there Ooh. doesn't that sound like a good idea i mean anytime anyone goes to kentucky i want them to bring something back just just something yeah yeah absolutely beer review for this pod is the crystal lakes beach blonde lager for me this is uh definitely a quintessential spring crusher you can sit on some patios and, and put these bad boys back you may disagree with us but we'll see after we try it what do you got for the spirit g we're doing a rock rye from far north spirits in minnesota awesome customer of the week smokers asking for matches i can't believe people still smoke is it 2007 throwback throwback <laughs> I had to, I throwback had to, tuesdays absolutely. smoker time i had to i had to do some research to find out when illinois banned smoking in bars that that was a fun experience do you remember that month that? Yeah, yeah, that last month yeah absolutely it was incredible everyone's like oh Smoke them up. Can't do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> 
well, and they're out it there. Was, it was in January though, so it's cold <laughs> yeah. as can be. Yeah, so, they're out there. So negative thirty. Absolutely, no problem. I'd be embarrassed to ask for matches. This guy had no problem. So I'm definitely. I can't wait to talk about this guy. Uh, he was a little tuned up, but whatever. Aren't they all? They all. They all are in their own way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about some beer styles that are coming out this spring. Uh, that are actually out all sp- all springs, not just this spring, but they're here all the time. Uh, we have saisons are pretty popular. Drier beers and ciders that are crisp, fresh hop ales. Those are definitely cool because spring hops definitely come in our, uh, a different farming season than what comes out in the fall. Uh, Gozes, which are fantastic if you like sours. There's German Box and Kolsch's. Those are Ooh, definitely on the lighter styles. Yeah, Kolsch's are good. Then there's Golden Lagers and ales and. Um, I know we haven't gotten into the difference between ales and lagers. It's probably something we should save for another podcast, but I really think we should have a podcast just de- dedicated to that. Give us a 20-second. All beers are ales and lagers. Done. One or the other, yeah. yeah. One beer, all beers are ales or lagers, one or the other, and then it's like there's all these It's offshoots. all about fermentation, right? It, it, yeah, there's a lot of different, there's some different varying the, no, variations. That, that makes the difference between an ale and a lager. Oh, yeah, the, 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 yes. The ales and the lagers, the ales get, the fermentation is at a higher point in the tank. And not as cold. It's uh, it's it's like a mid-range temperature for lagers. It's the bottom of the tank, and it's at a colder temperature than what ales are fermented at. So that's the difference between ales and lagers. And then we can get into the more different styles between stouts and porters and and, and all that stuff that fits into there, and, and where the kolsches are and the pilsners and all that good stuff. So okay. we'll, we'll we'll drink a lot of beer on that one apparently, which will be great. All right, let's talk to our guest. Nick Roberge, Mr. Nick Roberge, whatever you want to call him. Nick has been working in the restaurant industry for a long time. He and his company have had a profound influence on the industry in the western suburbs of Chicago, in my opinion. Um, you see a lot of what they do out here gets emulated by other restaurants. Hands down. Uh, he owns four restaurants that do pretty well, and I know that you you know got some expansion in the near future. We're excited to get to ask him some fun questions and learn how he got to be where he's at now. And uh, let's start off with the most simple one, and uh, what was your first jab in the industry? Well, first of all, I don't know if any of that synopsis is true, but thank you. <laughs> oh, I, I believe it. <laughs> it I looks really good up there, though. <laughs> so thank you. I wrote that at 2 a.m. Uh, I'd had at least three beers. So. You, do, you do good work. What was my first job in the industry? Um, I was a busboy at Redfish um, Grill or something or other, um, a Cajun-style restaurant in Donata. Ooh. Um, I don't know if I ever even heard of that. Yeah. It wasn't there too long, mm. um, probably because one of the managers gave me a bottle of wine when I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> where, where was it at, Donata? Uh, where Warren's is now. Okay, where yeah, Warren's They reinvented the space, though. Yeah. And then I went from that to serving, or I was in expo and then serving, so... Kind of got a good look at a non-successful restaurant, you know, doing all the all the stuff necessary. To Giving away bottles of wine to sixteen-year-olds, yeah. <laughs> what sure. not to do. Yeah. Awesome, man! I, I definitely never heard of that place. So, what? I think uh, Red Robin was in there before too. It wasn't California Pizza Kitchen. Yeah, there's, there's, so there must have been a lot of spots. Uh, in there CPK before. was a little bit closer to the center square. Oh, okay. it was like one of the outlots. This one, uh, there was definitely Red Robin in there after. Right. My sister worked at that one. Nice. She said it was the worst job she's ever had in her life. Should we ever on the podcast <laughs> to talk about it? Would it be riveting yeah, I content? Mean, I don't know if it would be riveting. I'll tell you the one good story from it. Every time she washed her hands, she had to say, hey, I'm washing my hands. And someone had to say, hey, I see you washing your hands. No, I don't believe that. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. part of the, like, the protocol? Yeah. Wow. Brutal. Hey, I'm wiping my ass. <laughs> yeah, I can see you wiping your ass. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. She, she, she worked there for about two weeks and then she quit. One of the one of the other busboys there who ended up working for us, Don Venus, uh, was uh, oh, very um, sexually forward 
Mm. That doesn't yeah. surprise me one bit. Really? Yeah. Not in this industry. No, yeah. No. I'm totally kidding about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after you're a busboy and after you start serving, what what uh, what made you? What was the clicking? What what turned the light on? Made you think you would, this is what you wanted to do? Uh, well, I actually got um, as I was continuing to um, explore the field, I. Uh, went to interview. We're still at, talking about restaurants. Yeah. Okay. I, I went to interview at Grady's, and realized that I didn't want that commercial job. So I went to uh, Front Street because I had heard a lot of cool kids work there. Mm. Went away to college, whatever. Came back, um, continued to go to school, and uh, got a job in the marketing field. Actually, when I was done at UIC, and realized that uh, I didn't really like to sit indoors and work for someone else. So um, I continued with my uh, restaurant journey, for better or worse. I love it. That's great. Dude. I don't think yeah. it's for better. Knowing you personally, I know you're really um, passionate about food. I've seen you in the kitchen, getting your, you know, getting rolling up the sleeves and getting dirty with the boys uh, and the fryer and the, the grill. Um, do you get to help with that part of the concept when you open up a new restaurant? Kind of give us a little bit of feedback as to some of the things that you guys talk about when you're talking with your executive chef. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, Barrel and Rye, um, that, that first menu was actually my menu. It, it was a little unrefined, and it took um, head chef Eric, who's still with us um, and, and still works at all the restaurants, blah, blah, blah. Um, he... Uh, help me refine it after you know a few whiskeys every night we established a good rapport on where where we wanted to go um, I quickly knew that he wanted to be a part of what we were doing um, enjoyed hanging out with him and enjoyed his vision for food and he I think got me and what I was looking to do which was to bring uh, urban concepts to the suburbs that's amazing um, push the boundaries um, while being um, you know accepted by suburbanites it's a hard line to toe um sometimes we cross it it doesn't work we get rid of it um you know that kind of thing as far as uh you know continuing uh on on food um development yeah i have my my notebook down there where whether i'm doing r d um i'm cooking at home uh or i'm you know in the office with eric um Stu and chris um yeah i'm I'm always looking for what's going to elevate what we do. For me, when you walk into the restaurants, the first thing that I notice is the decor. It jumps out at you from the stenciling on the wall to the colors that, that you guys have chosen uh, to the light fixtures and how they're like, you know, the, the light that is actually coming from those light fixtures. You know, what influenced you um, the most in the decor that you've chose for your restaurants? Uh, that's a good question. Um, Pinterest um, is a part of every designer's life now. <laughs> now, I'm not calling myself a designer. However, um, I spend a lot of time envisioning what is going to work and what people want to see. Um, I love lighting. I love wallpaper. Um, well, it's all about the ambiance and all that like feeds into it, right? I'll just be the first to tell you when I go into a restaurant, like I either get it or I'm disappointed. Mm. I either like it or I'm disappointed. And um, if you... I believe that a customer walks in and the first thing they notice is just the way the place feels. And if they don't like the way the place feels, you already have strike one against you. So anything else is going to be judged at a higher scale because of that. High lighting, like when it's really light in there, I can't do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, I'll just I'll be like, to my wife, I'll be like, we got to go. So, yeah. you, so you don't eat at Chinese restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a minute. No, yeah. yeah. They, 
I mean, the they're notorious walls. for bright lighting, almost like halogen lights beaming yeah. down on you. Yeah, no, I, I get that too. And then yeah. you can just see the curly hairs in your well, you don't. <laughs> food a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's what you pay extra for. Yeah. <laughs> special sauce. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, at Dunes, they had the, the neon lights up there. So the for the lighting we'd always turn the lights down and then the neon lights would just get brighter brighter yeah. so then you'd just be like looking at like blue like shining on this guy's face like right in front of you it's, it's terrible good so. for an irish place yeah not, not good for you know right what you get going trendy ish stuff Perfect. yeah i do like how you integrate um shaded light meaning like a lot of the places that you have have like shades on their on the lights specifically right. on top of the bar yeah or you have globe lighting that has sort of like a, a, a light cutting sort of surrounding right. around it. So it's more like not direct light, it's more indirect light. Right. In yeah. terms of public spaces, um, can light. Um, That's a great comment, John. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can light bad for public spaces. Can light bad. Um, down lighting is really good. Yeah. You know, just something. It's a, kind of the jewelry of you know your, your line of vision in a restaurant, I believe, anyway. That's a great way to put it. What is your favorite part of the restaurant industry? Uh, it's team, top to bottom. It's team. It's truly, um, it's something that you're, you can look and say you are as strong as your weakest link. Everyone has to be an all, all in. You guys run teams, and w- one thing that's noted about you guys is you're great leaders. It has to be a full team experience, and you have to have a screw loose to, to work in the restaurant industry. You Absolutely. Know? And... I think we've proved that over five previous episodes. (laughs) For sure, for sure. Uh, And a quarter of this one. Yeah, (laughs) there's still time. If we're going to be talking about um, all these restaurants that that you've been running, uh, uh, when you had your very first spot, is this what you thought you were going to be doing? Are you you aware now where you thought you would be? Nah. (laughs) I don't think so. Um, I I don't know what we were thinking actually um, when we failed with our franchise. Um, I knew that Barrel and Rye was like kind of like our last shot. Um, if we failed, if we flopped on that specifically financially, there was no one that was going to believe in us to do something. Um, so I'll, Jack always had said, um, "I'll be you know working at Chili's and you'll probably go get some bad job." And I agree with him. <laughs> Jack's your business partner. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh. I mean, how much? How much faith did you have in the in the barrel and rye? Did you believe that was really going to work? I, in my heart of hearts, I knew that it was going to work. I actually had a book of concepts. Um, I don't know, five to six or seven concepts that I had thoroughly written out in a few menus to match them, um, and I. I remember walking through the space for Bell and Ryan thinking this is, um, we can put a bar in here. And I kind of went through the pages of the concepts and I knew whiskey was starting to get prevalent in, in Illinois specifically. I knew other parts of the country from just, you know, R and D and random research was, it was already heating up. And I, th- I thought, you know, we could do a, a beer and whiskey place and then we had no space for beer. So we modified it to like a whiskey concept. It's amazing it, about that is sorry to cut you off Mike. Mm-hmm. That's good. The year that we opened up barrel and rye, uh, that was the first year in like 12 or 15 years that whiskey overtook vodka sales worldwide. So, I mean, you couldn't have been any more on, right. on point on that. Um, finding that trend for yeah, sure. It's I mean, huge. I mean, without being like turnover trendy, right? right. I don't think that cocktail culture or whiskey is going, going anywhere. It's not going so, away. you know, yeah, 
for sure relatively speaking let's talk about some of your favorites um what's your now we're putting you on the spot uh yep. what's your favorite beer uh daisy cutter Bam. Oh, mic drop. Bam. There's a reason why we're friends. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. I, uh, apparently, we all love Daisy Cutter. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, that's oh, great. Yeah. What's your uh, favorite bourbon? Uh, Russell's Reserve 12 year. Ooh. I've only had the 10. Or 10 year, excuse me. The 10? I misspoke. 10. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. Like, How have I not had that before? I, I mean, the family it's in, I understand why it's good. But I believe, and I've said this several times over because people ask me constantly. I'm sure they ask you guys as well. It's unbelievable. If you can pick out a bottle that's you know under fifty dollars, I usually cut them off and I say I can find you one under forty dollars and closer to thirty. Nice. And I always say that if you picked it between like Pappy Twelve or uh, um, Rip Van Twelve, Rip, Rip Van Twelve, and um, ten, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference in there. I really truly believe that. That's a huge compliment to yeah. Russell's uh, tenure for sure. What's uh, what's the, is it Russell's the, the distillery for that? No, what, which is interesting because we were talking earlier about Long Branch and how you said you're not a really big Wild Turkey fan, and Russell's Reserve is from Wild Turkey. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Russell is that. the Russell's like the face of uh, Wild Turkey. That's, that's he's, cool. He's like this old crotchety white guy, but crotchety's not the right word because he just like looks like he's crotchety, but he's like the nicest person you've ever met. Like if you were to see him in a bar, you'd be like, hey. I don't know you. You don't know me, but I know who you are. Will you sign this bottle for me? He'll talk to you for 20 minutes. You're going to get him on the podcast for us? I, he doesn't really walk that well anymore. He's pretty old. Yeah. So oh, I don't know if he's stinks. going to get down the stairs. He's fine. <laughs> we can carry him. We, can go, we, we I mean, did that at social with somebody in a wheelchair. If we if we go out to Kentucky, maybe we maybe we hit up Russell for a podcast. Uh, there you go. If we go down there. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, when? 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 when we, we are going. There. When we go down there, that's going to be dope. Yeah. Um, I don't what, care if anyone else doesn't come. I'm going. Oh, we're going. All in. We're all going. Yeah. Yeah, all in. <laughs> Push I like your it. chips in. I like it. Um, Nick, what is the best cocktail bar you've ever been to? I think anywhere. I'm more excited about this question yeah, than anyone else. Yeah, me too. Else. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, man, there, there's, there's several that I can say. There's one in Seattle called Cannon that is um, worldly ranked yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, in the top 50. And you've been there? Yes. Nice. They're, doing like, they're doing like $35 cocktails that take like 20 minutes, and you happily wait and watch the science experiment. It's so cool. And it's not novelty cool. It, it's like the cocktail's legit. There's, there's a, a, a leather-bound book of cocktails, which I love. We're, we're trying to convert to something like that too, but whatever. Um, that, but actually experience-wise... Um, famous restaurant husk in charleston um they have their famous restaurant and then right next door they have like a coach house where they run their bar downstairs and upstairs and it's fantastic nice ambiance cocktails food. all top notch food yeah the food, the food on the other side obviously speaks for itself but um yeah i would i don't think a lot of people would say husk but the experience um and you know those people are running you know top of the line stuff so it was great so for people who are listening here, I would say most of them are in the Chicagoland area. If we had to specifically say in Illinois, what would be the top one in Illinois? Gosh, we've been to a lot of those haunts, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Hotel Alice is such a, a probably a not specific uh, choice as because it, again, is not a specific cocktail bar. What's the one in Logan Square? Gosh. Billy Sundays? No, that, that's a good place. Oh, your Lost it. Lake. No, uh, the tiki experience. The tiki bar. That would be a cool suburban. They got rid of the banana cocktail. <laughs> Dude, 
Do you want to elaborate on that? So or? they have this like banana <laughs> rum flip, which is awesome. And the the it's a shared cocktail. It's for two people. And then the garnish on it is they they literally take a uh, unpeeled banana and make it look like a dolphin. Oh, that's very cool. Mm. I was there not that long ago, and we got the two. Uh, that one was a sixty-dollar cocktail, and another one was a fifty-dollar cocktail. There yeah. was like five or six of us, so we just shared all of them. And and those, those are gone, gone in, like in like 30, four... 30 seconds, too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gone. We're like, all right, on to the next one. When you and then you finally get to your shrimp chips. Mm. Oh, shrimp <laughs> chips. I forgot about those. Oh, mm. I uh, Stu really liked those. Shrimp chips. You ordered two bags of those. We all passed them around. Ed one. We're like, yeah, I'm good on that. I think I think I was trying to be cool, so I had like three. Less chips, <laughs> more booze. <Yeah. laughs> That's where I was on that night. I I think I was trying to be nice. I don't want to fill up before dinner. Mm. Yeah, not yeah. really. Because like the Longman long and Eagle uh, dinner was off that, the hook that night. That was really good. I've never had shrimp chips. You're good oh, on we that. We've got to go to Lost Lake. Fermented trip chips. Yeah. I've only had shrimp nibblers from White Castle. <laughs> they're almost the same. That sounds delicious. <laughs> almost the same. Depending on what time of night you eat those at, they're almost the same. Nice, nice. Um, all right, so I get this every once in a while when I'm bartending. Um, people will be like, hey, this place is really, really awesome. I really, really like it. The town I live in has nothing like it. You should open one of these in Schaumburg or wherever. Um, and my response is, yeah, how much money you got? Uh, my curiosity is to you is people are know that you're a successful uh, restaurant owner. How many people, how often do people come at you and be like, hey, let's go in on something together? A weekly. Um, people, That's crazy. People are asking me, people are either calling or asking us um, weekly to check out a place. Um, is it agents for buildings or is it like people invest with you? Yeah, commercial real estate, okay. um, sometimes private, um, sometimes our contractor who knows everybody is saying you <laughs> sure. should meet these guys. I'm like, I don't want to meet those guys. I, you know, we want, we want to focus on what we have um, and then what we have coming and we'll evaluate after that. But yeah, weekly right now, it's um, pretty crazy. How many of them are like, I want to do a restaurant with you? Like, I, I want to own half of it. I want you to own half of it, or I want you to be silent. It's a, a handful. Or silent-ish. Um, a handful for sure, but it doesn't really get that far because you can't really talk about that if there's not mutual interest. Right, yeah, totally. So You kind of dropped it. Uh, you got some things coming, some uh, some irons in the fire. Yes. That's you a nice talk, segue. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we have um, a fast, casual barbecue spot opening up in Batavia, Illinois. So uh, think Chipotle um, meets Green Street meets down in the city cool. um fast casual barbecue um we'll put our own little urban spin on it and the guy that we're collabing with um byron um him and i have catered for several years together um legit knows what he's doing in barbecue so i'm really jacked for this spot and his vision for it is identical as to what's been residing up in my head so i'm really excited uh and then we have a place called uh the pacific uh and our theme on this one is west coast tacos so uh, all things California, um, cocktails, wine, um, and then the taco concept is essentially uh, fusion, um, Asian, uh, Korean barbecue, Hawaiian, Latin food. A lot of influences um, in there, sounds like. Yeah, it, it's, it'll, it'll have a heavy dose of seafood involved too, but um, definitely we're going to rock out some tacos. That's awesome, man. What else is there around like that? Um, so that's kind of the point. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, um, 
there's a lot of tacos around. Um, so how can we do something? And, um, waters and I were actually in, um, San Diego sitting in a restaurant that, um, really fueled the inspiration for it. So, um, yeah. And then right next door to that, we're doing a uh, little mini fast casual donut shop. Um, in the donuts same... are hot right now. Yeah. Huge. Uh, I just read an article that it was like, it's the dessert for the next couple of years, which wasn't our intent. We just thought it'd be cool to do. So we're happy to ride that trend. Um, and it'll be kind of like coffee uh, featuring uh, man bot coffee and Chris Clavitz and uh, Mike so Hoffman. Good. Yeah. We're pretty jacked to collab with them a little bit. And... Cool. So the Pacific and the bakery were <clears throat> that's downtown Wheaton. Yeah, uh, downtown Wheaton, right next to each other, same building. Um, they'll have like a little flow together. I think they share the same bathrooms, the way it's laid out. Um, same primary entrance, and then you split off. But uh, yeah, and what's actually nice about what Wheaton's got going on is the uh, cityscape. Um, there'll be a big outdoor area, and the donut shop actually has a window that will open, so you can sit at a bar outside eat your donuts and your breakfast sandwich or whatever like that. How important is it to have a donut shop that you can open a window to let everyone smell it? That's so dope. Yeah. It's just going to be, how do you not, how do you pass it and not get it? Yeah, absolutely. So, Sorry. So you mentioned, uh, I don't know if you mind talking about this. You mentioned that you Are had these questions a, on the docket. Oh, no, they're not on the docket. Jesus Christ. We're running along. <laughs> Johnny asks a lot over here. Johnny yeah. questions. Johnny <laughs> <not even>. <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned you that uh, you have a, a contractor. Is that a specific contractor? And um, I think it is, right? It is a specific contractor that you try to work with, that you team up with. He actually sought us out for Wheaton, and we've developed. He's just a good friend of mine now, um, and I'm uh, trying to help out as much as I can in his business, just off of advice because he's a killer contractor. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he's, uh, we've kind of gone proprietary with him and trust him and know him and excited to work with him. Um, Mike knows, and I'm, I'm not sure how much, you know, um, Tracy or, or I've gotten to know yeah. that, but I mean, how, how key is that to team up with somebody like that? Like to have a partnership like that? I mean, is that a usual or is that an unusual thing or usual thing? Well, um, that's a good question. I don't really have that answer. I think most places that go commercial, it's unusual because you're going into developments where you're going into units where they want you to use their development team mm-hmm. because they're allotting you a bunch of money. We obviously don't have that. We're self-invested. So um, I think it's huge for us because, A, um, he's taken what I used to do off my hands and I wasn't very good at it. Um, you know, down from permitting and stuff. I think it's huge. Yeah. Just trust. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, any more questions over there, Jenny? Questions? No. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. All right. So we got the last question for you. Wait, um, all my questions? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. No. We'll keep them in. Those were good questions. I just like make it funny of you a little the, bit. The last next to last question. It, it's a little confusing up there. Whoever wrote it out must have. Yeah, had I don't too know much who would have ever done that. Way too much fun. I'm getting a little bit thirsty over here. We need to drink some beer. But if you had to start over, is there anything you would have done differently sitting where you're at today, owning four restaurants, two on the way, um, with most likely expansion beyond that? Did I mean, is there anything you would have, you would have done differently? Um, no, probably not. I probably would go back and tell myself not not to get so close to having to dig ditches for the rest of my life by failing. But to fail, I think really, I mean, you know, my partner really, you know, learning how to run a restaurant on skin and bones helped 
you know that's awesome man helped go forward so cool yeah we were talking about that earlier how like if there's no way that we would have or that you would have been doing what you're doing now had you not had the previous experiences that you had before with the the so. level of yeah i mean being the busboy at that dump and right. then uh working for other restaurants that have a little more uh like oversight control where there's not a lot of creativity going on i think that totally makes big sense about what you're doing now i mean it's everything you're yeah. doing now is super creative so i think without that you don't have now exactly I th- you, you gotta have that experience and, and do the fail thing you know i think doing everything in a restaurant helps too mm-hmm. um learning from the, the the bottom up i really do yeah i think it's huge it's totally uh well you know honestly nick this this i've learned a lot more about you than i knew and i'm glad you're sitting here with us um but it's definitely time to drink some beers cheers I'm ready. let's have some beers on to the beer review which i'm super excited about crystal lake illinois which is north of us uh, about 45 minutes the Beach Blonde Lager is definitely on the lighter side of beers. This Crystal Lake is the same stuff that same place that I would say it's our top three favorite brewery only because they they love us just as much as we love them. Absolutely, we went out and made a beer there. We talked about that in a previous podcast. I think this was the first beer that we had at nine forty three in the morning. <laughs> it, it is. That's yeah. exactly right. With your granola bar that you had <laughs> yeah, across the, the street, lift bar from the, the gas station for breakfast. <laughs> your McDonald's perfect. hash browns. <laughs> that would have been a better look. Yeah, it would have been way house. better. All right, sweet. So we want to get a big, a big uh, get a big nose so, on this. So John, put your nose in this one and smell it. Thanks. Yeah. Put, get a get a nose on it. Get a little sip. I like the size of pour you gave yourself, Mike, on that one. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> you got like three inches. There's and two I have, cans here, and you give yourself four inches of beer. We all get maybe an inch, maybe less. I have a quarter inch. There's I'm, a whole other here, beer right here. Johnny, here. have some beer. Pour it up. I thought that I had evened it out, and there was a lot less in that pour, and I was just going for it. I'm like, oh, this does not look good. Right, yeah, we're definitely good. passing around this beer. Yeah, give, give Nick Please some do. I've got less inches than Mike as well. <laughs> All right, so this Crystal Lake Beach Blonde Lager is uh, 5.3% ABV. That's how you know Mike likes it, by the way. 18%, or it's eight IBUs. We, have we even talked about IB, IBUs on the podcast? We haven't. Okay, Let's so, do it right now. No, real quick. It's just international bittering units. It measures how hoppy the beer is and how much hops goes into it. It's kind of a fading thing right now. It used Two years ago, everybody was yeah, talking about IBUs. Isn't there like no like threshold? There's no... like. No, top end? no, there is seventy. Is there a top yeah, end? I don't think you can taste after seventy. Yeah, oh, okay. there's, yeah, there's the a top end. bitterness for okay. sure. Um, but yeah, so that's what IBUs are. It lists it on the can. The website says it should have a honey-like sweetness to it. I kind of get that. Uh, it's not overly too much honey like beers that I've had, like Hop Slam from Bell's that is brewed with honey. But I definitely get the sweetness on on the back end for me. I like it. Um, I do feel like it's an approachable beer that we could play beer pong with for a craft brew. 100%. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, for sure. Well, then why don't you give us uh, your review on it overall on uh, the four things we got listed on the whiteboard. What do you got on it? Buy it, gift it, pour it, dump it. Uh, I'm not dumping it. Okay. Um, I'm going to pour it. Okay. At a restaurant? Get a, get, a, get a beer at a restaurant? You can buy a beer? Well, it's a great beer, actually, to pour at a restaurant because it's on the approachable side of the craft brew. Mm-hmm. Typically, we like to stay local, as you guys have done. Um, gift it, maybe on my fishing trips. Nice. Probably, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'll, I, I buy it for uh, my wife who wouldn't drink it, so I would drink it by default. Perfect. Maybe another one we could add is would you cook with it? 
I was gonna say this is great beer, beer batter. This is beer brat. Do you know what I'm saying? Beer brat. This is totally beer. Yeah. Beer right here. Beer brat. I, I'm beer. gonna dump it right good into good beer batter it. as well too. There you go. You don't yeah. want like sharp hop tones in yeah. your beer batter and a good clean finish on it. Um, I'm gonna. So what would you give it out of a ten? Um, I'm going seven point six. Nice. Oof. Nice. That's good. That's that's speaking highly of it. I'm gonna go Damn. next, and I'm gonna. I would, I would. Here comes I'd, a hammer. I'd buy a beer of this at a at a restaurant. I'd pour it right down my gullet, and uh, to me, it's getting a six, uh, six out of ten. It is what it is. I like it. It's a light beer. It's got good clean flavor, on a crisp finish. But I'm I'm more of an ale guy. I got to be honest with you. Lagers are just not my style unless it's Coors Light, and I'm having That's twenty fair. of them. It's fair. Johnny, what do you got? Yeah, you're not gonna like my review on this one. I think if it. I could close I my you. eyes, I'd probably be like drinking a, a like a Bush Light or something like that. It's it's not good. Come on, it's a little fuller. <laughs> but she's a little bigger than that. First, hang on. When was the last time you had a Bush Light? It's been a while. Yeah, exactly. So she's got more body than that. She's got more. She's she's got more Bush. She's cur- she's curvier than that. Definitely. Hardier. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> But seriously, if I close my eyes, I probably wouldn't know the difference between this and a Miller Light or Bud Light. Or okay, something so like what that. are you? So what are you giving it out of? What, first of all, what's you love the, those beers. Out of the four things, I what like are you a doing Coors Light. The Coors Light's more, uh, more, uh, more fresher crisp. and more clean and crisp. You, than a it's Bud a same, Light or you do same have style. one in your hand right I do. now. <laughs> <laughs> Let it's me a, close my eyes real quick. Taste test on the spot. <laughs> all right, so I would dump it. I, I mean, it's not for me. Right, can, can I interject for a second? Yeah. For its category, which is lager, which is approachable, they're obviously not going for, you know, they're something the to make boys. something crazy, right? And, right. So know. that's why I think I yeah, went yeah. at it. The, the that's why I gave. I did. Yeah, yeah. That's what I gave it the six. So hey. it's not my favorite style, but if if you're gonna dump it, then that's that's what you're gonna. So do. me, like me, when I say I'm gonna dump it, like yeah. I'm not saying that it's a terrible beer. Sure. It, it it's good. It's fine. In contrast, what to I'm like saying the is like I'm drinking. not gonna I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna gift it. I'm not gonna pour it. You Dump know what I'm it. saying? I'm just going to drink my other things. Why don't like. you put your fifth one on there and cook with it? I would cook with it. I would definitely dump it in a pot and cook <laughs> with it. Beer brats. Absolutely. Gee, what do you got? So I, my, so I guess my rating. Oh, yeah, let's get your rating. Yeah, yeah, rating. Two. Mediocre five? I don't know. That's not a real rating. A yeah. mediocre five? So you're saying like a five? Five is five. pretty good for you. Is it? Is five good for me? Yeah. Well, then three. You hate a lot of things. Then three. <laughs> three. I think three is representative of based on what you talked to. All right, thanks, but, boys. All right, perfect. Good talk. See, I'm, I feel I feel guilty saying that I agree with John, but I couldn't agree with him anymore. That, that's your opinion, dude. Guru's Light is amazing. Bam. Boom. Uh, you were just making fun so of him good. for like Absolutely. three minutes, and we're then all, you're jumping on the bandwagon? So I'm dead. Yeah, I'm going to be right with you guys for that. Absolutely. And then, I, and then I'm going to come to John's defense. Um, Where's my five-gallon bucket? I think, the, I think the beer is good. I don't think it's anything that I would buy for myself. And I wouldn't order it at the bar, but I, I wouldn't dump it either. Um, I would have it at the, I would, no, I would buy it. I'm going to say, I'm going to switch it up. I, I would buy it and I would have it at my house. I wouldn't drink it, but I would offer it to guests. I think it's a good light option to have at your house. If for me, I'm going to yeah. have all the big boys and the, the IPAs. Yeah. And 100% cut yeah. the grass, come in, chug a couple crystal lake. Lawn, lawn more beers right there. I'm telling you for sure. So I'll give it a five and a half. Sweet. Well, uh, well maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need an 80 degree day. Cut the lawn, be hot as hell, come into an ice cold <laughs> beach blonde ale. Beach we, blonde. We can do that. It's supposed to be like 70 on Sunday. But would you be able to pull your hand oh, wait. on 
No, if I reach in my fridge, it would go past the bleach blonde to, <laughs> to the, the Coors Light. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and 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 also to a ham sandwich. Yes. <laughs> and whatever rumplements is left. I do oh, like funny. I do like ham sandwiches. How do you know that? Yeah. Man, you're good. It's common sense. <laughs> Coors Light. I knew. Ham is delicious. That's why. I can't get it. This smoke break brought to you by Marquette's Wookie Wash and Startup Kit. We'll send you fresh peanut butter and local sand to get you started. Included in the kit is a DIY of how to roll it up tight and dirty. We'll also include a 30-day game plan of how to not shower. This will help expedite the process to A-plus dreads. Call us, 1-800-MARQUETTE. These are must-have dreads. All right, I got a smoke break. Everyone wants to tell you uh, what you should be doing. Like everyone wants to say, hey, you know what? You should be doing this. Uh, oh, you've got a second kid. You know what? You definitely need three kids. Uh, you moved into a house. Oh, you definitely need to get into that uh, park district or you have to be a part of that library. Or why would you move so far away from work? Um, it's unbelievable how many people who don't really know you feel like they need to tell you how to live your life. And what's also impressive is how much more like my parents and my in-laws tell me what I need to do. Ooh. So like my dad came over and my dog, I put my dog outside cause he wouldn't be jumping all over the place. And he's like barking a little bit. And he's like, I wouldn't be putting up with that. If I was your neighbor, I'd be coming over banging on your door. Yeah. It, it stinks that everybody's got to have like a Everyone's invested got an interest into like what you're doing and how you... Like you're trying to do all these wonderful things for your family, you got an addition to the family, and then you're moving into a much, an upgrade of a house, and then is that is that not enough I for could, everybody else? I could be moving into a smaller house. It doesn't it's, matter. It still wouldn't matter. It's like I've somehow made it alive for 35 years. <laughs> Literally, just gonna say the same thing. Yeah. Like, so, something I'm doing is right. Yeah. 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 They they just don't see it that way. It's unbelievable. Well, do you I have would... a white picket fence? No. I have no fence. You should but it a, doesn't matter because fact, you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, I want to get a fence. My, yeah, dad, my dad said I should get a plastic one. I don't want a plastic fence. Who wants a plastic fence? <laughs> it's cheaper that way. Raj. No, no, no maintenance. Hey, we should have a new segment, Advice from Raj. Yeah, Raj Says. <laughs> That's a segment called Raj Says. Does you know it. how bad it is for whales and plastic? You know? mm. Yeah, that's assuming that you get rid of the fence. How is it? easier to say negative shit than it is to say positive stuff to you you know what i'm saying like why why does why does somebody why does it why is somebody compelled to oh because that um, because that's what they did and they had so much fun doing that or they think that that that's the right way that's the right way to do it yeah the way that they did it how hard is is the way to do it how hard is a oh awesome good job yeah Congrats. congrats i'm happy for you yeah cool can i get one of those one time exactly Hey, buddy. Congrats, dude. Oh, thanks, no, but there's a difference it. between telling somebody advice and telling somebody that they're doing it, they're doing it wrong for the wrong. I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing, right? Sure. It's like, right. Well, you're saying area. that your father-in-law was saying, like, because your dog's barking, your neighbors are going to fucking hate you. Yeah. Why even say that? It was. What's the point? <laughs> what's the point exactly. of saying that? Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why he's ranting. Yeah. 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 I, know, he I, know, know. I know. But like, well, I'm John, just always, to, John always plays a <laughs> devil's advocate. As soon as no, 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 I'm not playing devil's advocate here. I agree with you. I'm just trying to think like. What makes somebody open up their mouth and say that? I think um, the moniker, um, your shit doesn't stink, 
now not everyone thinks that of course but i think in the back of their heads everyone thinks that they're right mm -hmm. most of the most of the time mm -hmm. and they can offer someone younger some advice you know well yeah none of this advice is coming from anyone younger than me absolutely yeah, there not. you yeah. go yeah right, right. All right. Well, well. Hopefully, it's coming from like a good place. You know what I mean? I, I think that I sometimes say, I think I that ninety percent of this 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 like help that I'm getting yeah. is people I don't know. <laughs> well, then 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 who, what does it even matter? It's just annoying. It is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sick of it. I, I get it. Well, Garrett, I'm truly sorry. <laughs> I want to say that helped. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, do you feel better getting that off your chest? A little bit. Closure. That's all yeah, good. A little Closure. Bit, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Raj, yeah, deal, deal with it. Let's get into the spirit review. I'm, I'm really excited you brought all this right. one. I'm jacked about this. We talked about this uh, two podcasts ago. I said I was going to do this one the next time, and we did Maker's Mark, which is 100% not what I promoted for the next one. This is called Rocknar Rye. This is a super small distillery in Minnesota. If you Google map it, it is... Um, it's, you literally see the borderline between Minnesota and Canada. So it's basically Canadian. Um, it's 25 miles away from the, the border. It is a super, super small batch, family-run spot. I think they have like nine or ten employees, which is bonkers. They put out, they put out 5,000 bottles a year, which is outrageous. Um, and they have three different, three different products they put out, all rye. Um, what we're doing today is their, their main rye. This is the, uh, from far North spirits. It's their, uh, 94 proof rye. It's made with hazard corn and then no, it has a rye. And then it's, uh, 80% rye, 10% corn, 10% malted barley. What's really cool about the rye that's grown in Minnesota is that it's, you know, it's balls cold up there and the grow season is really, really short. So the rye end, ends up growing a lot differently than the rye than we normally catch from Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, somewhere around that area. Um, so you're going to get a little bit of different uh, flavor profile off of it. Um, and it's still aged under two years, one year, 11 months. They don't put an age statement on it, which is for good reason. Most people don't do age statements anymore. But this turns out to be, uh, I think, relatively smooth for a rye. Um, but you still catch that little bit right, right, rightness in the back. I've got a couple tasting hints on it. I'm interested to see what you guys have on this first. Sweet. Cheers. Sweet. Cheers. Oh, salute. While you're all smelling and thinking, one of the other cool things about it is that it. Did anybody you, smell their elbow? John, you're going to smell the outside of your elbow. <laughs> the inside doesn't count. It's like an armpit. Uh, I've been doing <laughs> yoga the last two weeks. So I'm just going to smell my crotch real quick. <laughs> I know that to be a lie on both fronts. One, you can't smell your crotch. Two, you haven't done yoga. So you the, know, cool, the cool part is because there's only like a, a handful of people um, putting this together, uh, the whole town like, gets involved in the bottling. So the, anyone who in the town who helps bottle, which is like everybody because someone's making booze, they, of course they want it, they all get first crack at free bottles. So when they make 5,000 bottles a year, maybe only 4,500 ends up getting distributed. This is only distributed in three states, uh, maybe f maybe four now, but right now it's Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Can I do a, a peripheral? Yeah. Um, the bottle peripheral. Um, love the label. I love the name because it's unassuming. It automatically, to me, invokes intrigue a little bit. The Rocknar kind of seems like European or something like that. Then you read it's American Minnesota whiskey. And then also... Um, 
just the look and the ambiance of the bottle reminds me of like Japanese whiskey. Ooh, nice. That's a good correlation. Kind of cool. This is really tasty. I don't remember it being this good the last time I had it. Um, but I, I, for rise, I can get the corn a lot in this one. Yep. And it also kind of tastes um, fairly young. Yeah, I mean, the two-year, yeah. So the nose to me smells extremely young. Yeah. The taste, um, I get a little bit fuller. I don't get the corn sweetness as you would in a bourbon, obviously, but it tastes like more of a full rye to me than um, a lot. And the nose would suggest to me it's really um, very thin or young, and I don't get that at all. I get like a little bit of like sweetness, like a, almost toffee in it. Yeah, that, that you could get that. I get brown sugar. Yeah, that's that would be another one, caramelized. Mm-hmm. Caramelized sugar of some sort. Mm-hmm. Johnny, what's your thoughts on it? How much heartburn? What's, yeah, what's the heartburn? It was a, the heartburn, one out of 10 heartburn. I was just going to give my input. There is zero heartburn. <sighs> Bam. I did it again. All right. So I'm not a huge rye guy. If I was going to do a rye, it'd be like a Dickel in an old fashioned. Something like that. Like um, something in the $30 range. What is this, a bottle? 50. 50 yeah, bucks four, a bottle. 49.99. 50 bucks a bottle. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't buy it for myself. I wouldn't gift it necessarily. I would probably pour it again if somebody had it at their house and I'd recognize, you know, the label and be like, oh, I, I had that before. I would, I would try it again. And, and get an old fashioned out of it or something. I'll maybe do an old fashioned with it or something like that. But um, not cool. not incredibly impressive to me. But again, I'm not a rye guy. All right. And what's the what's the number? I mean, be honest, dude. This is this is not you're not. I know. We're not going to be paid it's, by these it's people. It's above average, so it's above a five. Okay, so that's great. If so, five's your average, then what what do you get from that? Correct. So if I was, I would say maybe a six and a half. That that's solid. That's Top good. of mind number. Before we go any further, these are fifteen gallon barrels, not fifty three. These are fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, I I like the flavor. Um, it's not. It it, it doesn't linger. Um, it's kind of a a, a quick like back end to it. But the caramelized uh, vanilla or brown sugar comes through nicely for me, and I like that. I do think that I would prefer to have this as an old-fashioned as, as opposed to just sipping on it. Um, I would do uh, – I'd be I, I'd get a pour at a bar and probably get an old-fashioned. And I'm going to give it a – I'm going to join Johnny, six and a half. All right, Nick, you can go last. I, uh, I've had this at a bar. I've asked for it at a bar. I've had it in old-fashioned before. I didn't necessarily like it as much. I'm not saying that you won't. I prefer other rise in an old fashioned. I am gifting this bottle because I think it's unique and different. I'm not buying it for myself. Okay. Cool. And, and I give number? it a as far as whiskey goes, I'm gonna give this a six. But I as far as rye goes, in interesting stuff, I'm gonna give it like an eight, which is totally different and doesn't make any sense, but it, that's all right. Yeah. You don't have to explain it. You do you. That's exactly <laughs> right. So are you saying that if you were if you got that bottle as a gift, you I'd would be very re- happy. You would re gift it? No, I'd be very happy. I'd keep it. And like, then I'd wait till you come over and I'd make it. And you said, I'll have a whiskey, should, whatever. Don't, 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 as a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> we'll have, we should have a segment about regifting booze. We definitely should. I've done little, I'm sure there's oh some bottles that are. Well, yeah, you could just add it to the list. Regift. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Right, Nick just added the next one. So do you want to redo your review, John? Because <laughs> I do. No. No, I'm good. Do you, do, think there, did you, do you think there's a bottle? I mean, it would be awesome to know if there was a bottle out there that just kept on going and going, just getting re-gifted. And re-gifted <laughs> has a thousand fingerprints on yeah, it. Yeah, it's got like... The only one I can think of... It's been to a thousand families. Is that, that vodka that comes in like the skull. 
What is that? The, uh, Dan, the Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd the one. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, because no one cares about the vodka. But that's also... But that, that's expensive, for, though. But everyone goes for the, for the look. Yeah. Dude, so like, that is a good bottle to bring up. Yeah. I know for sure that that's been gifted in our friends. I've done it twice. Yes. I've gotten it twice, and I've re it twice. Giving, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but don't you want the empty skull? I don't care about that. It, it takes no, up too you much You want space. it on your back bar for eight days, and then it's time to give it out. <laughs> yeah. And it's time People to forget it. about it. <laughs> All right, Nick, what do you got on this uh, this whiskey here? Okay, so I'll just cut to the chase. I'm going to gift it to someone that's never had any of the Whistle Pig series. Um, okay. I like I like it. I don't love it. I'm giving it a 5.75. Um, Oof. I can de- the second decimal. That's moving decimal points. That's too deep for us. I can definitely I drink it. I think it'll be approachable on its own and or in an old fashioned. But um, I like I like rye and whistle pig when you set the standard so high on all of your uh, ryes. Um, it's hard to have a really young one. All right, let's get into our customer of the week. I'm excited about this one. This is unbelievable. Uh, it's about a week and a half ago, Saturday night. Guy about my age, so we're. I figure we're on the same, you know, timeline as far as bars go. He's clearly a little bit inebriated. He's on his way outside for a smoke, and he just yells, "Yo, you got a book of matches back there?" <laughs> like, no. I literally first thought in my head was like, first thing that popped in my head is like, what year is it? I, I have not had anybody ask me for a book of matches or a pack of matches in a long, long time. So then it led me to think of, like, when when did that law go into effect for Illinois? 2008. 11 years 11 ago. 11 years ago, January 1st of 2008, and this guy is still asking for a book of matches. When's the last time you saw a book of matches? Do they still make matches? <laughs> like, what do you use a That's match for? That's a good question. Uh, lighting. Um, After you take a big shit, you got to get get a little smell. <laughs> That's true. You got to get the sulfur. They smell. might they might be keeping that entire industry of matches yeah. alive. <laughs> that could be a great That's bathroom a great advertisement. That's, a, nice right ad, there. Yeah, That's a great ad right there. AC matches, Perfect. scented matches for that big shit. So <laughs> definitely the definitely the long the long matches for lighting fires or grills. Those definitely are in play. No, I no, have, dude, no. I have what? lighter, I, long lighter, long, long lighter, long lighters. Oh yeah, I guess the fireplace I have in my house, which was built in the '90s, way before the smoking ban was over, has a self lighter in it. Hmm. All right. Well, definitely the in using in, are using how many people are using charcoal grills in now? I am. Are you yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have two like girls and I only use the charcoal. See? It's nice. The flavor. Might give me cancer, but I love the flavor. <laughs> I do love cancer. <laughs> so does the guy smoking cigarettes, too. He, that guy loves it. And he let's talk cancer. about smokers and the amount of, like, the smell of smoke coming into bars now. Back you, in the day when you had a smoking section or you could smoke in the bar, you didn't even notice it. No. Now the door opens and it's just like a whoosh. It's one guy, too. Oh, so yeah. and everyone knows it. I hate to admit this, but I did take a step back in time the other day and I went to Sully's. Why yeah, have you ever been to Sully's? Why? Yes, yeah, oh, many times. Is that is that Wheaton? Yeah, uh, Carol. Uh, I think that's unincorporated. I think, I think it is. <laughs> very much. Nobody, street from the Wheaton, that spot. Across the street from the Wheaton Bowling Alley. I would say it's more prevalent next door to the Rub and Tug. Literally, every person there was if smoking a cigarette. Turn yeah. Back time. Um, and if so, I like, could light a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so they had kind of like a unique situation in there where like uh, they don't have like ashtrays anywhere. What they do is, is they have every time like somebody drinks a beer, they keep the can, put it on the back bar, and they save that mm. for your ashtray. If anybody needs an ashtray, you just grab that. You know, because if, that, so, right? so if anybody storms in, like we don't have any allow smoking, we don't even have ashtrays. Exactly you know? right. Um, <laughs> so then the person who's smoking gets the ticket. 
as opposed to the as opposed to the establishment because yeah, yeah. then it's a seventy five dollar ticket to the the person who's smoking and otherwise it's five hundred dollars. I'm but, not sure those people can afford that. But but like you were saying, <laughs> the ban happened in two thousand and eight, and it's been a while since you've been in that situation where like you're you're in a smoking bar. Yeah, I can't believe that people actually lasted that long being in that environment. It is awful. People, they used to love yeah, especially smoking. People, especially people working there. Imagine in the 50s when you could smoke on airplanes. Unbelievable, right? You take a five-hour flight and people just smoking the whole yeah. time. Kids yeah, it's Jack's, Jack's family, there's a picture of a relative that's on their deathbed and they're all sitting around the... <laughs> smoking in yeah. the hospital? Yeah. In the hospital? Yeah, in a hospital. That's a separate thing, but when you're in an airplane, no you go into the bathroom and you see an ashtray in the bathroom, you're like, how fucking old is this plane? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. At least Are you still, you've seen that? I've seen that. I don't think I've seen that. That's I've crazy. seen that still. Get me off that plane from the disco era. <laughs> exactly. And there's duct tape on the wing, and then you really yeah. got some issues. Um, I will say the one benefit about smoking in bars, and I, I used to do this all the time. I can't, I can't second this any harder. I, can't, I would be taking an order... A beer order, and some guy just be like, "Yeah, I'll take two Coors Lights, three Vegas bombs," and I'd be looking this guy dead in the eye, and I'd be lifting my leg and just ripping the longest <laughs> yeah. ass while he's doing it. I'm just like so happy. It's just like, yeah, dude, whatever you want. And it's just, <laughs> it could smell so bad; it wouldn't even matter. So now, that's not smoking's not allowed in bars. When everybody, whenever yeah. anybody farts, it is terrible. Everyone yeah, but that's knows. you just move to the other end of the bar, but, you know, to the computer or whatever. Yeah, because. Yeah. The customers are thinking it's them. <laughs> they're looking at another customer, unless they're the only. Customer I think that's there. called that's crop dusting. Oh yeah. Oh man, they're one hundred percent. They need to clean their drains. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the sewers back. <laughs> Owners suck. I definitely blamed ownership on multiple farts. Yeah. <laughs> Nick. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's uh, a huge honor to have you on and for you to take the time out of your day. We know you're a busy guy doing a, doing what you do. Um, this was very pleasurable. And honestly, anytime you wanted to come on, you get something you want to talk about, uh, you just hit us up and we'd love to have you. I'm really glad that you were pleasured. Thank you. The, it's all it's all on this side of the table. <laughs> the pleasure. Awesome. Hit us up on the website. Take a look at SippingSocialPodcast.com. Send us a, you know questions. We want to hear from you guys. Anything you want us to review, spirits, beer, uh, funny restaurant stuff. If there's any restaurants that are new that you want us to talk about, we can go to those and check them out. We want to do all that stuff. Um, the next podcast uh, that we record will be two weeks from today, uh, and we're really going to focus heavily on the 145th running of the Kentucky Derby. We have our own correspondent going down there to get us the whole scoop. Uh, she'll definitely be a fun guest to have on once she comes back, and hopefully she'll bring some good booze. So uh, everybody be good to each other, and uh, cheers. We'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Cheers. Later. Adios. First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, SippingSocialPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you.
All I'm saying is we should open a distillery. We'll get rich. I've already figured out the spot for it. What's, these, what's these, the name? These kind of conversations do best at like 1 a.m. <laughs> after a lot of whiskey. So we should do this after the, t- the beer. Yeah, after some trip, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some trip nibblers. nibblers. Some trip nibblers. <laughs> at 2 a.m. Yeah. Some castles. Perfect. Uh, I'll DoorDash Taco Bell. Someone's going to throw a burrito on a roof tonight. <laughs>